0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning
0: After 9 with Scott and Kat. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another edition of After 9. We are into the final week of April. It is a full moon tonight, which means all the crazies are coming out. Actually, it's regular people that just act a little crazy. There is something to that full moon stuff. I believe that, cat. I think when there's a full moon, some people just go a little bit squirrely. Not sure why. They do. How was your weekend?
1: Weekend was actually really good. Um, never long enough, you know, that kind of thing. The usual typical shit you're going to hear from most people, that never long enough, you know. Uh, but it was it was really nice. Saturday, particularly, was a lovely day. Went for a stroll because what else, what else can you do? So we went to, my family and I went to Allura, uh, walked past the Elora Mill there. Uh, couldn't go into any shops really, but there's some cafes that were open. So got a coffee, did a nice walk. Uh, that was lovely. Otherwise, stayed stayed close to home, just hung out. That's about it. What about you?
0: Yeah, you know, I did the, uh, the most lit thing you can do right now. I went to a garden center on Saturday morning because I needed just a couple more things. I ended up doing two trips. That's how many just a couple of things i needed but lots of fresh dirt in the garden cat we're about three weeks away from planting season dirt which is good because my kitchen needs the space back and right now it is all seedlings growing fucking everywhere it's nuts (laughs) (laughs) uh the uh, before we talk about COVID stuff and i did get a question this weekend i had some great conversations by dm with some people before we get to that
1: for best Actor in a Supporting Role And the Oscar goes to Daniel Kaluuya <laughs> Judas and the Black For the Best Supporting Actress <laughs> Je Jung Yoon And the Oscar for Best Animated Feature Soul And the Academy Award for Actor Goes to Anthony Hopkins, The Father The Oscar for Best Actress Goes to Frances McDormand <laughs> no
0: And the Oscar goes to Chloe Zhao Nomadland. And the Oscar goes to Nomadland. How fucking bad were the Oscars last night? Like, if that's not the lowest rated Oscars in history, I can't read it anymore.
1: I, uh, for me, my expectations weren't high. But the only thing I was looking forward to that I talked about so many times, the only thing I was looking forward to didn't even happen, really. I'm not sure what the fuck Steve Soderbergh said What were meant when he told us that it was going to be like a mini movie and you're going to have actors, a list presenters presenting awards, playing themselves, but like a different version of themselves. And I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. This is going to be like they're going to put on like a mini show in between a mini movie is a kind of what he called it. I didn't see any of that. Like, what the fuck was he? Did he they not get the memo on that? Or is he just hoping that people would watch based on whatever the fuck he said? Because none of that happened at all. Um, Yeah, I mean, my expectations weren't super high. And I was paying like half attention to the whole thing, to be honest with you. I was kind of back and forth in and out of it because I couldn't. Like, I, I couldn't pay full attention to it. It wasn't very good. I mean, that said, also because I didn't watch a lot of the movies. A lot of them, most of the nominated films were ones that you had the option of watching on demand. I think a lot of people... Opted not to because they saw the price tag. And if you weren't interested in the- seeing it in theaters anyway, how can you really justify spending 25 bucks on demand paying for it? So I get it. The ones that people were talking about the most didn't even necessarily win awards, and those would be the ones that you'd see streaming on Netflix and a couple of the other streaming services. You would have been more likely to watch that because it came with your subscription anyway, but it didn't mean they were going to be Oscar winners. And such was the case with several, including uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7, which was a good movie. It was a good movie. I wouldn't call it like a fabulous movie, but some people are upset about that.
0: The bar was really low this year, though.
1: Totally. Totally. Uh, biggest upset, we'll just go through a couple of things here, but the biggest upset of the night had to do with the best actor category. And I'll be honest, I was pretty shocked. What happened was here's what pissed people off the most, Scott. A lot of people assume the late Chadwick Boseman, just because he's won all the awards thus far. And by the way, that doesn't guarantee you an Oscar, but here we go. Most people think he was going to win it. What they did was, and I'm not sure, I, I know that it was to keep people watching. That was obvious, but what they did was usually best picture goes at the end, right? Every single Oscars is Mm on. Nope, not this year. They purposely pushed the best actor to the very end of the broadcast, which is so snaky to me because that was their way of keeping you hooked because you thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win. They were going to do some kind of a special tribute. That's what everyone was assuming. And and of course, we weren't guaranteed that nobody knew for sure that was going to happen. But lo and behold, he didn't even win. In fact, Anthony Hopkins,
0: the winner... The oldest, whitest (laughs) nominee there was, one
1: Exactly. Was so surprised that he won. The truth is he didn't even show up. He was back home in Wales, was sleeping at the time, just because of the time difference, of course. Woke up to the news, you you just won an Oscar, dude, and you weren't even there. And went, holy shit. Um, And you could tell in his acceptance speech that he was... pretty surprised and uh like everybody else but he did mention Chadwick in it uh that was probably the big shock I'm not even sure if you've heard of some of these movies but uh Nomadland have you heard of it I've heard of it okay all right best picture uh and Frances McDormand won best actress for that one
0: it's Uh, the same fucking people every year I mean the Oscars are bullshit they've got to stop this crap like honestly uh, just stop If they want to have an award show, it's Hollywood, congratulating Hollywood, a great big pat yourself on the back party. Okay, fine. But let's really downplay it. Like, I don't understand why this needs to be on 55 different channels, primetime Sunday night and and all that lead up to it. Like, guys, just mail them to each other or have a party. It doesn't need to be televised anymore. You guys have completely ruined the whole Oscar experience. I don't understand why they had to do it in a train station last night. I I don't understand that at all. Listen, if that was the alternative, if this is the suggestion, how we can make the Oscars better then you guys had a choice, you could have done it at a fucking train station in LA or you could have for one year only just moved the broadcast to Texas or Florida where you could have done it with no restrictions, same old show that you've always done. And it probably would have had a lot more people interested. That was shit last night. Even their explanation for why they were not wearing masks, but they were when the cameras were off. Right. It was dumb because it wasn't a movie like they promoted it would be.
1: Honestly, Scott, I don't think any of what you said would have made a difference, though. Like, let's say they did that. Let's say, hey, guys, masks off party in Texas. I don't think most of the actors and actresses, the good ones. I mean, you're still going to have a bunch of unknowns or or movies that. People didn't actually tend to watch. You're still you're still going to get people not showing up just because they don't feel safe with COVID regardless because they haven't been vaccinated yet and they're afraid to do it, understandably. I, I don't think it would have made a difference. It made it a good Oscars. And they also didn't have a host, again. So it was kind of, I don't know. I don't think it would have been good. I don't think that you could have salvaged it. So you might as well just get the fucking awards over with so you can say you handed out awards in 2021. Uh, Ratings for that will come down soon. Probably too late for us to talk about in today's podcast. Maybe we'll mention it in tomorrow's, but I'm not sure much would have saved it, to be honest with you. None.
0: It it was just awful. I mean, whoever was in charge of that totally shit the bed. Uh, You know, I mean... We look forward to the Oscars every February, even if you haven't seen the movies. There's parties and get togethers and all that sort of shit. This year, there wasn't even much lead up to the Oscars. It was almost like they said, oh, yeah, yeah, the Oscars. Yeah, we'll do that on Sunday. It was bad, really bad. Anyway, uh, let's switch gears here because there are a lot of things going on, Kat. Can I give you a quick synopsis before we get into the conversation about it? Yes. So we'll start off with um, the variants. 36 cases of a COVID-19 variant of interest because now there's different classifications of variants. We've got variants, variants of concern, and variants variants of interest. The India Variant is one of interest for now. Friday night, Public Health Ontario confirmed 36 cases, every single one of them linked to international travel. So I guess it does make sense that we shut down air travel from India. Sure. But is the damage already done? I mean, those variants are here and now they're spreading. I know Ford went off on the weekend about this. He sent a strongly worded memo to the prime minister saying, shut down fucking air travel. These variants didn't swim here. They got here by airplane. Is it too late? Like, should we just give up on the variants?
1: I don't think it's too late because if you're able to control it, if we know there's 36, which, by the way, when you hear that, just knowing what we know now over a year later, we know that there's not actually 36, but there's 36, 36 confirmed, right? Yep. So if we know that now, if people do the right thing, I mean that's the key. It really does depend on how people react and, and what people do and the movements they make. If you can keep it in your, even if you're the one who still believes in a bubble, okay, that's fine. Keep it in your bubble at least. Don't go spreading it out. Then we should be okay, Scott. It shouldn't it shouldn't be leaking everywhere. And with school shut down, that'll help. So I'm hoping that it stays in a little tight little knit bubble of people. And then vaccinations work hard enough to stop that spread. Like, that's all you can hope for. But if people aren't doing the right things, then, of course, that's not going to be the case. There's not going to be 36. Come next week, we're going to be talking about how, how there's 500 that are now detected because apparently they spread m- much more rapidly. Now, are these more deadly? Because I'm hearing nothing but bad things coming from India. Nothing but yep. bad things. Terrible headlines. Horrible headlines. People just... Just struggling to breathe, dying on the streets is what I'm hearing. And people being turned away because there's no oxygen. There's no oxygen for you. It's even worse than in Brazil when we heard of the fact that not everybody could be, or people were being intubated without uh, proper drugs. It's not even that. It's worse than that. Like yeah, They don't being, even have
0: oxygen to give. No,
1: they've got nothing. People are literally just choking and gasping for air and dying. So that's bad. And I'm not sure if that means a variant is worse than others. Do we know? Or do they still not know enough because it's a, quote, variant of interest. It's like, fuck off. It's obviously it's a problem. It's a problem.
0: All of the variants, as far as I understand it, react differently to the conventional COVID treatments that we've got. And we know that they spread a lot faster. I mean, if we're just going off of COVID-19 numbers, COVID-19 really seems like it would have been basically a thing of the past. Now, it's the variants that are now the dominant strain. And some of these ones that are popping up, we don't know a hell of a lot about them, but I know three different people that have tested positive in the last two weeks and not a one of them can figure out where they got it. Not one of them knows where they got it. And it's weird because a a friend of mine is currently at home isolating. And fortunately, he's doing very well, but he's positive. He's got a variant. This is somebody who lives alone. Stays home all the time and really only goes out for essentials. Certainly not working in manufacturing or construction, not going to any gatherings of any kind, just goes out to do the basics. He's got it. He has absolutely no idea where he could have got it from. And I'm hearing a lot of stories like that. I mean, just this weekend, I was asking people how the fuck is it possible that 4,000 people a day are testing positive? How did they find 4,000 people? every single day that didn't stay six feet apart or didn't wear a mask or didn't do the just minimum basics that we were asked to do from day one. And all I can think is people are, for the most part, doing the right thing. It's just these variants spread a lot easier. I don't know if the droplets are smaller and they can get through masks or what the deal is, but there's a lot of people that are catching it. They don't know how.
1: There's still a lot of research that needs to be done, especially when it comes to these variants, because I. I'm seeing that they are looking at, they are doing what they need to do, what they're supposed to be doing, which is study these variants. And now they're saying that it could be like the six foot thing is not even a thing for these variants. You have to be standing much farther apart than six feet is what they're guessing. So it's possible it's lingering in the air s- s- so much longer that your buddy that you just mentioned who has a, who got a variant. So let's say he was in a store and he was doing all the right things. It's possible that variant is just much stronger than all the ones that we've heard of thus far and it lingers in the air longer, and all it takes is, you know, for you to breathe in the wrong spot. Like, that's what scares me about them, is that we they're still learning as they go. And it's not their, like, it's not the researchers' fault, because they only know what they know, and they can only tell us what they know. It's like back when we didn't know we should wear masks. And now we're wondering if there's even a point in masks, because these variants are apparently so strong, we wonder oh. if it's even doing what it's supposed to be doing. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns here, which is the scary part. And again, I go back to... That's why we got to go with the vaccines. Let's fucking go.
0: Well, we'll get to vaccines in a sec. I just want to say, though, that there's not a chance I would go out anywhere without a mask. I mean, even if they did say they don't work, I would still wear a mask. I'm probably going to wear a mask even after I get vaccinated on Friday for the foreseeable future anyway. I mean, if I'm together, you are
1: supposed to like they have not said don't, uh, especially even after you get vaccinated because you can still be a spreader.
0: You know that vaccine uh, guidance that Canada's given out. Uh, two things on that. Number one, uh, Doctor Fuck, whatever her name is in Ottawa. You remember the one that said it's racist to close borders and uh, masks won't help. Doctor Teresa Tam. This is the head of our COVID response. That one. Uh, she was asked about this on Friday, and she said, "If seventy-five percent of the population is vaccinated and twenty percent of the population has had their second dose, we can start." easing some restrictions this summer if Teresa Tam thinks for a second the public is going to hold on until summer she's delusional I still don't understand why she's still got a job I mean as far as I can tell she should have been fired a year ago when she said masks won't help I mean that is unforgivable You know, there's people out there that want to blame Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau. Let's go back to the beginning when Dr. Tam there said masks won't help. That was the first fuck up in this pandemic. But if she thinks that people are going to wait until summertime to start easing restrictions, then this whole vaccination effort is all for nothing. You know, apparently we're going to these hotspot communities and we're doing our best to fight vaccine hesitancy and shit like that. Uh, I still see a long lineup of people that aren't hesitant at all. They want their shot and they will do absolutely anything they can to get it Mm. day, night, anywhere they have to go. They'll go to get it. Yes. But, you know, if you guys really, really want to use your heads for a second and talk about vaccine hesitancy, one of the best things you could do is start telling people the benefits of being vaccinated. Aside from you've got good protection against COVID-19, people should understand that there is some perks to getting this vaccine. Because there's a lot of people who are willing to risk it. A lot of people who are just that petrified about the long term effects of these vaccines. They don't want it until more studies have been done on it. If you start telling people things like, "Okay, once we've had a lot of the poor, a large portion of the population vaccinated, then you're going to be able to do things like go to a leaf game or you'll be able to gather with your family and friends again. That's a lot of incentive for a lot of people to get the shot. Knowing that, OK, well, once I'm vaccinated, I can get together with my friends and family again if they're vaccinated as well. I mean, that's the best advertising you can get for the vaccine is you can get somewhat back to normal. But they're not even touching that right now. And all I can think is they're doing that to cover up for the fact that we don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough. And, you know, I hate to say it again here, everybody, but the the true and on army there is still spreading this misinformation that we're doing fine and we're doing great. Well, let me tell you the actual story here from the Canadian press. Canada is expecting delivery this week of nearly two million doses of covid vaccines. The federal government says the first shipment of 300,000 vaccines from Johnson and Johnson is going to arrive this week. That's the single shot one. Another million Pfizer shots are coming and 650,000 doses of Moderna are on the way. Okay, well, we can't trust Moderna at all because they've fucked us so many different times. They already owe us a ton of shots. In fact, we're two million vaccines behind throwing in those J&J shots. Hey, that's great, but that's only partially going to make up for the massive amount of AstraZeneca shots that we're not getting because India needs them so badly at their COVAX facility over there because they've got a catastrophe unfolding in India right now. Mm -hmm. Guys, it might sound like a great number, like, oh, fuck, two million doses coming this week. Here we go. We're still down two million doses from where we should be. Do you know how much further ahead we'd be if four million people were vaccinated instead of two? Yeah. Every single person that's vaccinated helps get us a step closer to returning to normal life. Mm -hmm. We just don't have the shots. And, you know, I just don't understand how someone can can flat out lie and say, oh, we're fine. It's kind of like the border. Anytime somebody asks someone in the federal government about the border, their instinctive go to is repeating the same talking point. We have some of the strictest border measures in the world. We have the strictest border measures in the world. I mean, if we do, then how did 36 variant cases from India get in? How did that happen if we have the strictest measures in the world? And, you know, I'll say it. I happen to think we do have some of the strictest border controls. In the world, they're not wrong when they say that, but it's not a lock. It should be. You have to get tested and be negative before you can get on the flight. You get tested again when you get here. You get tested during your quarantine period. And then eventually you can go out into public. Something weird is happening here for that many people to be testing positive after they arrive in Canada because they had to go through the gauntlet to even get here. So something's weird about this. I, I don't know how these variants are getting in. Necessarily, but they do all seem to be linked to international travel. Right. So, while it's all well and good that we've got strict border controls, we need to stop flights altogether. Now, you've got the mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown, saying, shut down the fucking flights. Doug Ford screaming at the top of his lungs, stop letting planes land here for no reason.
1: Yeah. I know. That's frustrating. It's frustrating to me. I'm trying my best at this point because th- I'm glad, by the way, that there's people in. in- Positions of power advocating for most of us who have said this for a fucking year, by the way. Shut a year? Shut shit down. We wouldn't be in this mess now if we had done this a year ago. We would have been sitting pretty like New Zealand, damn it. But anyway, fine. Nothing you can do about that. I, I really don't even want to waste my energy on the coulda, woulda, shouldas anymore. I'm like, I'm over it. I'm done. What I am trying to focus on, and I'll try to be the glass half full person because I'm trying to just focus on all the good things, there were some people who were very negative seeing these images and these videos that were popping up on Twitter and if you're live in the GTA you've definitely seen it if you're outside of the GTA I'll paint you a picture and it was I believe it was Scarborough that I saw this these uh, these videos um coming from if I'm not mistaken lineups around the block like actually like five blocks long to get the vaccine this weekend They were pop up vaccination clinics and People were like, this is uh, unbelievable. People shouldn't have to wait around just because they want to get a shot. And yeah, look, I don't disagree. There should be more vaccines, like we've said. But to me, I saw so much hope in the fact that that many people were there, ready, willing, not just willing to take the shot, willing to wait hours to get that shot. Like, that gives me hope. I know that it's coming, and it is hard to know the reality of it. And that's stuff that we will deal with after the fact. We're going to deal with all of this shit because it's absolutely ridiculous. But it does give me hope to see how many people are showing up and showing up in droves waiting to get that vaccine. So thank you to the people who did it. Perhaps you're listening right now and you were one of those people that waited in all of those long lineups. I saw videos and photos of thank you for doing that because it's people like you that are going to get us farther. Not the people in power. They've been doing shit and I think we all know that. But at least there's those individuals who, that are trying to do the right thing to get us back to some form of normalcy. So thank you for that, because that did give me hope.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's great that there's so many people that want the vaccine. That's part of the reason, though, that I don't understand why we're spending any effort on the vaccine hesitant. If you want to be hesitant, no problem at all. No problem. There's more than enough people. In fact, the demand exceeds the supply of vaccines of people that do want it. So if you don't want it right now, fine. I don't know why we're wasting any time and effort trying to convince these people that, oh, you should get the shot. You should get the shot. If they don't want the shot, don't give them the shot. Focus yeah, on let, that later. Let's just go.
1: Let's just get shot in arms for the people who want to, to do it now. You're absolutely right. I don't see a lot of that, though. Are you seeing that? I'm not seeing a lot of that. Guys, get the shot if, if you're vaccine hesitant. I'm not seeing that. I am I know that a lot of people 60 plus were shit on for not going for their AstraZenecas And then all of a sudden you got the, the 40 plus allowed. And holy shit. The, the pharmacies couldn't fill up their appointment times like fast enough. It was insane. So I, I did see a lot of that, but I'm I'm focusing more. I, maybe it's just because I'm focusing more on it, but I'm seeing a lot of praise for the people who are doing that, who are showing up. So thank you for that.
0: You now know, make that's, sure you
1: show up for your second too.
0: <laughs> yeah, in the States, there's 5 million people who got a first dose that didn't show up for their second dose. They figure people either think they've got adequate protection from the first one or they just don't want to deal with the side effects. And it seems like on one or the other, the first shot or the second shot, you're going to feel some side effects. You're going to get a little sick. Uh, my dad got vaccinated on Friday and he was on his ass all weekend long. Mm. Just no energy felt like shit. But that's a sign that it's working. It's going through your body and it's doing what it's supposed to do, helping to build antibodies. That's good. But when it comes to the 60 plus crowd, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I do want to say hello, by the way, to Danielle. Danielle who just discovered the After 9 podcast and sent a nice tweet on Friday, wanting to know what's really going on here. So right before I get to a quick synopsis there, Danielle, a quick thing about the 60 plus crowd. If you're 60 plus and you heard that there were some side effects and it wasn't good, you shouldn't get the AstraZeneca and opted to not get the AstraZeneca so that you could wait for Pfizer or Moderna. I mean, that's fine. That's all well and good. You have every right to do that. But now, because AstraZeneca, sorry, because Pfizer is the reliable one, they might start putting the Pfizer one in certain vaccines. If somebody skipped the AstraZeneca because they want to wait for the Pfizer or Moderna, I think they should have to go to the back of the line. Sorry, but I think you do have to go to the back of the line. This is what's being offered to you. And if you don't want the first shot offered to you, then you should have to wait until the end when everybody else that went through the, the line, waited patiently, gets theirs. Is that uh, not right or is it too hot to take? Because I know that there's some 60 plus who think, oh, fuck that. I don't want the goddamn AstraZeneca one. I'll wait for the Pfizer. OK, well, just because it does happen to show up at a pharmacy next week doesn't mean you can make your appointment all of a sudden and get it. Mm hmm. You had your chance. The window was wide open. You could have walked in same day, no appointment, and got your shot. You didn't want it. That's fine. So now you got to wait a while because there's other people in line now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I thought we talked about it on the podcast last week. Maybe it wasn't on the podcast. Maybe it was on our radio show. But I, oh, I can't yeah.
0: even keep track anymore. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure we did talk about <laughs> that. We're doing too that. much
0: broadcasting here.
1: Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure we did talk about that. Yeah, you, and, and I don't disagree, and, and I think that's fair. If Let's say my time is up. Let's say they do approve for 30-plus AstraZeneca, and I'm like, I don't know, you know, whatever. I have a history of blood clot in my family, but it, but it's okay. It's not enough for the doctor to say, don't take it, Cad. And I'm like, okay, maybe I... I'll hold off. Then, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's that is that is fair. And eventually we will get all those shots. Again, I'm trying to be optimistic about the whole thing. Like eventually we will have a copious amounts of Pfizer and Moderna and I guess Johnson and Johnson. Is it has it approved again in the States? Are they using it again or it's still halted?
0: Nope, they're still using J&J. They are. They uh, okay. yeah, I mean, it's a good shot. It has a very good efficacy uh, account and a good reputation. So they're handing it out again. Uh, That's the single shot one. I was under the impression that the Johnson and Johnson shots when we finally got them were going to be used very specifically here in Canada. I thought the 20 to 35 crowd was going to be offered the J and J shot. And I thought that simply because uh, there you can't count on them necessarily to come back for the second one. So I thought, oh, give them all the first one. That's what I thought the plan was. But now we just, we're so desperate for shots because we don't well, we have enough that they're going to give it to whoever's in line.
1: We cannot afford to be strategic like that. Like you like, they can't think that strategically because we don't, we, that's not even close to an issue. We, we can't think like that because we don't have enough fucking vaccines to even think that way. Just no. get whatever shot in whoever's arm is willing to take the shot. That's approved. That's it. Like to me, that's the bottom line. Keep it going. Keep your vaccine fucking selfies coming. I love it.
0: Okay. The question that I got asked on uh, Friday was, could you please tell us exactly what's going on? Where the fuck ups happened? Can I just do like maybe two, three minutes explaining how we got to the point that we're at now?
1: Sure. How politically charged is this going to be?
0: Ish. It'll be balanced, but charged. How about that? Okay. Hey, you know me. I mean, I have congratulated the the federal government and the provincial government and shit on the federal government and shit on the provincial government. Equal opportunity. I just think the people that are in the wrong should be blamed and called out. So number one, uh, this was allowed into Canada because of poor border controls. It took months into this pandemic to put anything in place of any substance at the border. And now the variants are still finding their way here. So the fact that we're in a third wave, is right in line with almost the entire world. It seems like most of the world is dealing with a third wave. And I know that that's what the provincial government wants to put out there. Don't look at just us. It's not just Ontario. This is not an Ontario problem that we're in a third wave. The entire world is dealing with a third wave. And while that is true, we did not need to be here. If we had done things properly and we had so many different opportunities to do things differently. And it's not just with hindsight that we look back and say, oh, yeah, we could have done it differently. I mean, people were here saying we could have done it differently. But so many things happened. We didn't take the border stuff, sec- uh, border security seriously. Cases kept getting in. We did not get hardcore on enforcement at any point during this pandemic. For better or worse, I know some people are glad we didn't, and others are wishing we would have been harder on it. But either way, we didn't. We did a half ass lockdown, more or less, over the Christmas break, sent kids back to school, bumped March break to April. And really, when you think about it, that's probably where things started to go south. Variants had started to circulate. If we had just done March break, Then back in March, we might have been in a different scenario. We also might have been in a different scenario if we had more vaccinations. We're doing 250,000, a quarter of a million a day across Canada. If we could have been doing a quarter million a day in January and February, we would not be in this situation now. We absolutely would not be in this situation. Too many people would have been vaccinated for this to get as as out of control as it is, but We're in this new lockdown and this lockdown is a big problem because people are fucking mad. They're mad at Doug. They're mad at Justin. They're mad at Anita. They're mad at Christine. They're mad at anybody they can that's in a position of authority. They're fucking angry that we're even at this point. So it's a combination of lax restrictions and vaccines. We didn't have enough vaccines. We still don't. So now what? I'm going to tell you, Doug, if you're listening to this podcast, Justin, he's not fucking listening. I know Justin's not listening. He doesn't listen to anything he doesn't agree with or that doesn't agree with him. So somebody tell Justin, listen, the public has a very, very, very short fuse at this point. They are pissed that we're at this point and they want an end game. Extending these restrictions into summer, like Dr. Tam implied on Friday, is simply not going to fly. Over the weekend, there was a golf course in Tilsonburg that opened up. They understand that it's a $750 fine for opening up. Well, green fees are about 70 bucks. They needed two and a half tee times to pay the fine. And they were back into making profit again this weekend. That's just the beginning. Just the beginning. And, And this is the one where... We almost need people to everybody to buy in and hardcore do what we're supposed to do. But there's too many people that don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. They're done with it. We shouldn't be here. They know we shouldn't be here. They should have had their shot by now and they don't. So they're fucking mad. Businesses closing like crazy. It's it's a massive tragedy. And then people look at the restrictions. This is a place there, Doug, you could do something positive here this week by fixing this. People are looking at the restrictions and they see what we've been saying for months. The safe stuff is closed. The dangerous stuff is open. The only way you guys are going to get people to buy in at this point and do what you need them to do is to ease the fuck up on the stuff that it's OK. Why are we doing why, There shouldn't be a ban on anything outdoors right now. There should be some good friendly reminders that if you're going to do X, you need to do Y, like wash your hands, wear a mask or whatever. But they should be allowed to do X. And I'm not here to advocate for golf courses. They just happen to be the example in front of us. The reality is there's nothing dangerous about golf. And when you tell people "Yeah, golf courses are closed, but the Amazon warehouse is still open. They have a big problem with that because it doesn't make sense. And again, you've got to say this on a human level. This is the reality of why we're doing what we're doing. You also have to trade freedom for restrictions. You can't just keep saying no, 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 without saying yes, yes, yes to a few things, or you're just going to piss people off even more. It doesn't get a shit ton of coverage. But did you see the lockdown protest in Toronto this weekend? Mm -hmm. It was the busiest one yet. There were thousands of people in the streets protesting this lockdown, and it's only going to get worse. Government, if you're not willing to trade some some freedom in exchange for some of the restrictions, you're going to lose the room. You're going to lose them and then they're gone. They're already right on the fence. Many people are already gone. If you want to keep the rest, you've got to make it make sense to them. And and another thing is, like Kat said at the beginning, focus on the vaccines. Stop thinking about different ways that you can change people's mobility. I really wish the cell companies would stop giving Doug fucking Ford that mobility data because he doesn't read it right. Oh, look at all these people going from Fucking Hamilton to Toronto and uh, from Barrie to to Oshawa. We're a very uh, the lines don't mean much to people. The boundary between Halton and Peel or the boundaries between Toronto and York region. It doesn't matter. People live one place and work another. They've got family here, but they live over there. We are a transient people, especially in the GTA because of urban sprawl. That's all there is to it. Stop focusing on this fucking mobility data. Leave it alone. Forget it. Just worry about vaccines. That's all you have to do is worry about putting shots in arms. Now, when it comes to the rollout of these vaccines, I mean, I think it's a fucking mess because we have not still created a proper vaccine portal where anybody can go to one site and book their shot. Do you find it confusing? Have you had to help somebody book a shot?
1: No, I haven't. Actually, I haven't even really. I, I take it again gander. Uh, on it yet. It's
0: weird because you got to go to the pharmacy's website for some shots and then it depends which pharmacy you're going to. Whoa, is it Rexall or shoppers? Well, they have two different sites. So you're there's some people who are on like 10 different waiting lists right now. One person who I know, she got her shot on Friday was booked on so many different pharmacies' websites, she had to ask them, which location are you calling me from again? Because she honestly didn't know. She'd booked into so many of them.
1: Yeah, I have heard that numerous uh, from different people. Some say it's easy. It was, oh, it's easy. I booked it. It's fine. Here's my appointment time. I'm going. But others, I have heard the same thing where they had to like call and try to confirm. And trying to call a pharmacy right now who is giving out COVID shots is not easy. It doesn't yep. take it doesn't take just a quick sec. So it's uh, yeah, it's 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 not the greatest system that we have going. I'm not sure if they should focus their energy on that, though, because there are other things that they should be focusing on as long as people are, those appointments, as long as those appointments are not going unused. Uh, I'm OK with it. People are figuring it out eventually, and that's fine. As long I think, as the shots are going in arms.
0: I almost kind of think that there's something to be said for like uh free for all four o'clock's Hey, we vaccinate until 5 p.m., with the exception of those locations that are going 24-7. I think that's amazing that they are. But, hey, if we vaccinate till 5, 4 till 5 is walk-in only. No appointment. Just if you're in the area and we've got shots, you can have one. That would be another great thing, too. As long as people distance in the line. (laughs) Some of these lineups for the vax clinics, I don't see many people distanced. I mean, they're pretty close together because it's such a long fucking line. Mm -hmm. But I mean, guys, you've you've got to worry about vaccines. Justin, Doug, like if if you want to keep the room, get as many shots in arms as possible and start thinking about how you can reward people who are vaccinated and start thinking about every fucking opportunity to open up everything that is safe, close what's dangerous, open what's safe or close everything. And I don't want everything closed, but I do think that the worst thing that could happen is is for the government to lose the room. And if they do, and people are completely checked out and think, ah, they're a bunch of fucking idiots. They don't know what they're doing. I know what's, I know how to keep myself safe. I think once the government does that, this whole thing is, we'll be staring down waves four, five, and six soon enough. Once people have completely tuned out the government. Guys, just make it make sense and get shots in arms. That's your best bet. And and don't worry about the politics of it all. Oh, speaking of the politics of it all. Um, Probably by the time you hear this podcast, you'll have heard the big story today with COVID 13 year old girl in Brampton died. So I've seen two different tweets directly accusing Doug Ford of killing that girl. Doug Ford killed her because of this third wave. That's disgusting, by the way. That's totally disgusting to even suggest that. Another one was from the leader of the official opposition in Ontario, Andrea Horvath. She sent out a tweet offering condolences, but stressed this was a totally preventable death. I mean, yeah, every COVID death is, but I get the impression with when Andrea sends out that tweet, she's making it political. Of course she is. She's taking another swipe of at Doug.
1: She is. Of course she is. And Andrea, you need to stop doing that kind of shit. Just stop. Stop politicizing the death
0: of a 13 year old. You are
1: not winning anyone over with shit like that. And you know what, to anyone who's saying anything about it being about Doug or his decisions or Trudeau, don't give a shit. This is a family that lost a 13-year-old kid. Yep. Like, give it some room. Give it some room here. I, I just feel horrible for her family. Our thoughts are with her family right now. This is It's devastating news. I was really, really sad to hear about that.
0: The mom is in the ICU right now. She also has COVID. Dad's an essential worker. He did everything he could to try and keep his family safe, but COVID found its way into their home. Mom's in the ICU. 13-year-old girl died. Tragic. Like, just fucking awful. Oof. Let's get this under control, guys. When I say, by the way, we need to start looking at how we can reopen and we need to ease some restrictions. Don't mistake me for thinking that this isn't serious. I still take COVID as serious as I did on day one. I just realize that we've got a very, very anxious public here that wants to know why we're here and why they don't have a shot yet. And I'm afraid that once we lose the room and we're going to if we don't start. Uh, doing things a little differently, that this is going to get far worse. That's the only reason I say that. Uh, anything else we're going to cover in this one?
1: No, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. We'll see what the uh, what the week brings.
0: <laughs> this is going to be a weird week. <laughs> I
1: think so, too. I just have a weird feeling about this week. But we'll see. There might be some announcements to come this week. We're keeping our eye on it. Nothing as of right now, though, right? Nothing that we're hearing that that uh, restrictions will lift for. Some of those outdoor hot spots that you were talking about, they're not hot spots.
0: There's a story going around that Wednesday golf courses will be allowed to reopen.
1: So right now they're just stories, but it will cover whatever whatever changes.
0: Have yourselves a fantastic Monday, everybody. Enjoy this beautiful weather, and we'll catch you right back here with another edition of After 9 tomorrow. In the meantime, hit that subscribe button. This year's Oscars are about celebrating all the movies we scrolled through and thought, 20 bucks? Nope. Someone needs to tell women's magazine editors to stop inventing
1: lists of sexy places to touch your boyfriend. Trust me, it's not a list. (laughs) And it's been popular for about 300,000 years.
0: Now listen to this. Nathan's is offering five-cent hot dogs at Coney Island this summer for the first time in 100 years. Customers were like, I'd actually feel better if you charged more. (laughs) Five cent hot dogs. I'd rather get five cent LASIK eye surgery.